Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Oh, Jamil's here. Yes, that's right. I want to know what the hell's going on, too. But this is D Star Trek Deep Space Nine, a recap. Uh, Deep Space Nine at nine ish. We are covering season three, episode, what is it, four or five? Episode four. four. Um, <laughs> equilibrium. It's all about Dax. Get get used to it. She's in a bad mood and uh, and don't get in her way. Uh, but we have a, a great, uh, I'm Jeff Mater, by the way. I'm the host of the, uh, this uh, a beautiful program that we have here called there thank you dave for bringing that up uh there's my name uh deep space nine at nine ish uh we are talking about equilibrium okay so let's bring in who we have to talk about equilibrium uh we'll bring in one half of the tag team couple let's bring him on in kevin millard there he is <laughs> going for the intercontinental belt he's going solo he's breaking off of the tag team uh we, we also bring in uh jameel robinson i hear he's just dropped in a uh, little bow, little bow uh, to our. Where's Jamil? There he is. Little bow. <laughs> He's saying that. that's right. Okay, and then last but not least, we'll bring in the Godfather of the Longer Podcast. Uh, we have Dave Vader. Hello. Good evening. And quiet. Okay. I'm trying to play my music. Yeah, I can't remember why no music because none of the other people can play a lick. But this one guy, I can't remember. Can't could. For six months. Um, okay. Uh, I kind of buried the lead, but all right. First off, the right off the bat, I mean, this episode for me is not good because of Dax. This episode is good because of Bashir and Cisco. Like their their whole thing, especially at the end, is just like awesome to watch because they're both like you. I I would normally just take one of them figuring out the puzzle but both of them together in tandem figuring oh it was fantastic so that i really enjoyed uh but let's bring it over to oh, no. uh kevin yeah. mm -hmm. what did you what did you make of the episode did you kind of feel the same way did you like the dax stuff did you like jitzia's performance uh um i'm hit and miss on this episode it's not a bad one as far as dax episodes go it's all right yeah um i i think they they when they stop trying to make Dax show this vulnerable side of Dax, the character got better. Uh, yeah. It just never landed for me, this, like, I'm scared, I'm afraid thing. It's, it was doesn't... It, was it their pajama party moment, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. This, I, yeah, this but... is crazy to me. This is, <laughs> this is unwatchable. Her performance here is brutal. Okay, so, okay, well, <laughs> um, we... We do start off, guys. The first opening scene is Cisco's making food for everybody, um, and he's talking to Odo, and Odo's all about like you know, doesn't eat. He doesn't eat, but he finds the preparation fast, uh, fascinating. He likes stirring the thing very attentively. Um, the secret to a good souffle. It's, it's right. Um, it's it's and, the bowl underneath. The... You stir the bowl underneath, apparently, <laughs> and you get a dollar store bowl uh, as your prop. And you go like this <laughs> for some reason. He's very attentive. Um, we also learn about beats. Uh, Julian's not a fan of beats, uh, but you know what? Cisco's going to pre prepare them just right. So, you yeah. know, Julian's just never had a, you know, good Creole Cajun beats are the okay. are the cajuns and the creole known for their beats? I, I don't think so. I don't, I, you know, it was an odd choice. 
Yeah. It would have made more sense if they were like Bajoran beats and then like they they incorporate he incorporated that into his like Earth Creole Cajun stuff. I think that would have been I've cool never been to New Orleans. But souffle also comes up quite a bit from Cisco when he's cooking. Right. He's talking about soufflés. He often makes metaphors right. related to soufflés. They will either rise or they will fall, but you can't do a damn thing about it. I think because he'll New Well, New Orleans is a very French uh, place, for, especially for cuisine. And, you know, so they, they would have learned all the French practices of making, especially soufflés and tarts and all, all sorts of different things. Uh, you know, really, they kind of always lay on to the jambalaya and the Creole stuff. But really, it, you would have a lot of the, um, you know, the finer cuisine. A jumbo what, Are, Jeff? A jambalaya. <laughs> I remember that was with Quirk. He was like, a jumbo what? A jumbo what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, Dax Enders, she's like, oh, what a day working on sensor relays. And she's all like, uh, you know, hope you like beats, nice, even strokes, right? So he's like, and that's what they kept saying, nice, even strokes, you know, with the beats, you know? Yeah. Oh, I was like, right. I was like, are they trying to put sexual innuendos into the opening of this scene? It was weird. I don't, you know, they keep talking about nice, even strokes and beats, and okay, Kira thinks Odo's cute when he's very focused, kind of like Jamil's doing right now. Um, this is kind of like, I think Kira's flirting with Odo a little bit here. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. I think she, you know, like, she kind of like leads Odo down that path that will end up down later on. I don't on. know if she's flirting specifically. I think she's being, she's, she's, Odo's still in the friend zone at this point. Yes. Um, and so, but it's like, but it's like she's like very warm, I guess would be she's very warm. Toward she's him. warm. Maybe, I think she's trying to be, yeah, like have a, a, a connection with Odo. I think that that was something she was trying right. for a long time. But Odo wanted more and eventually it became more. And it was it was it, there's a mixed reaction to it, mostly in the community. But it's it's uh, I thought it worked mostly. So I thought it was a good moment between them. So then Dax finds Jake's Taneer. I don't know why Jake has it, but it, it serves the plot. So I guess that's why he had it. Um, she just starts like busting it out. She starts playing like this tune on it. She's like, oh, I don't know how to play this at all. You know, I have no idea how to play music, but, you know, I'll just jam out here. No problem. Uh, everyone's kind of like, okay, you do you. Uh, you know, right? Exact words. And then that was kind of what they said. That's kind of what they said. They were like, yeah, all right, Tia, I guess. It was Kira who said it, right? Kira you was kind you. of, yeah, well, she did kind of say that. She was like, maybe you learned it from childhood or something. I don't know. You know, It will come uh, to you. It'll I, come to you. I, uh, I want to point out here, though, that this is the first point, I think, that we, uh, we see that the doctor is genetically enhanced. Because only someone trying to be, trying to seem stupid, would say maybe it's beginner's luck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he says a lot of dumb things. He really does. And and you may yes, I, I do think back to moments like that with Bashir because I go, is he man, that must have been difficult. If he is you know, you know, because he could have like he could have just faked the fact that he knew music, you know. Because he does. He says that to Kira in an early episode. He's like, oh, I made a point of listening to Bajoran music. So obviously he's into music, right? So they could have, he could have just went with that. 
but yeah, I agree with you, Kevin. I do feel like he 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 shelters his abilities to like because he would have known exactly what she was playing as far as like not the song but like the melody and and if it was difficult or if it was not. Uh, Jamil, you haven't said anything. I need you in here. I need uh, first we do a little bow and then we we ask you. What do you think of this episode? We're just talking about the intro here. We're right before the credits. Um, Dax playing scared little girl is kind of <laughs> is such a weird type of um, like character decision during right. part of this episode. Like, I don't know if it's Terry Farrell's inability. <laughs> oh gosh, not that scene. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. I, I I didn't remember this episode, so I'm like, is she gonna like a personality is just gonna jump his bones because it just seemed like such yes. an odd character choice for her to be like more or less t so timid and and scared like a child, um, and it, it just it it was weird. Like a large part of this episode is weird. I know you're were, you're were recapping it. The scene that you were just talking about before, how mm -hmm. it ends, where she just kind of like is playing and she just looks off into nothing, and then credits. It just it just seems like it just ends, like the scene yeah. ends and it goes yeah. to the credits. It's such an awkward transition. This, this is a poorly. <laughs> this is a poor okay, episode. I disagree that it's. Um, yeah, I, I do agree that it's a poor episode, but it is a great finale kind of part to the episode. like i really like the end part uh but then we'll get there uh but yes i agree this is why i dislike dax you know for the most part i feel like she's underutilized they they really could have done some fantastic things with her character and we this is we get jadzia swimming around in a white bath you know like that's what we get you know with her character a lot of times it's just like oh i mean it's kind of boring like the trills should be way cooler I Sh think shouldn't she just like her character the way it's built shouldn't it just be like a robot that just has memories of past hosts because like literally that's what she is right she's, she's yeah like almost emotionless um she's there to like Benjamin I remember this or Curzon used to do this and but then this, yeah then but she screws people that's basically it that that's basically her character in three points this kind of reminded me this episode of Mr. Robot Dave where okay she has this memory that she doesn't remember and now it's resurfacing and she doesn't remember where it is and who she who, you know what's going on it kind of reminded me of Mr. Robot but way worse you know you know like Mr. Robot really figured out how to kind of do that hallucination bring it in and out of consciousness what's real what's not um that they really could have done well I think with even this episode but like it just falls short yeah, Jeff, like, I think it, if they'd done this today, Jeff, I think they would have done it over, like, maybe as an arc, right? We would have got hints to this in, like, episodes, but they wouldn't necessarily have crammed it all into 45 minutes. Um, I right. think, yeah, you know, we've talked about this before, that that Jedzir Dax as a character is largely lacking, especially in these early seasons, um, because she, who is she in comparison to the, to the other hosts, right? This is another example Oh, oh, guess what? Even all those other hosts, there was another secret murderous host that you never knew. But it doesn't give us a lot into who Jadzir is. Um, right. You know, we, we had that first season episode, Dax, where she's on trial for what Curzon may or may not have done, right? right? And how resolute she is about honoring that thing. In season two, there's the guy who's, there's the um, John Glover who steals her symbiote, 
right? And uh, yes. or the Dax symbiote just to get rejoined, but she's mostly out of the mix in that episode and doesn't have a lot to do. And she's her scenes are, are okay. And then Blood Oath, which I think was the strongest one of these early ones, where she's sure. out with the Klingons, but again, she's she's chasing Curzon's old stuff, um, you know, and she's choosing to make that part of Curzon's life part of hers so that's fine but here we got another example of yeah I don't know who I am I don't know who I am beyond the Dax symbiote and how willing how disposable Jed Z is right mm -hmm. you know the, the symbiote's all that matters Jed Z's life is right. not what matters and, and Ben Sisko is like no they're both important there's two lives basically here not good enough uh, damn it not, <laughs> not good, good enough, enough. <laughs> not good enough damn it no yeah, I've only so just begun so it it this episode serves other purposes. It does more to fill in the the, the trill society, and by by de facto, it helps the Jedzier character because it just tells us more about trills. Um, it also uh, it gives up more of a sense of family here because Cisco and Bashir, the rest of the the rest of the crew didn't seem to care. Kira, O'Brien, none of them came. But uh, but 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 Bashir and Cisco go to bat here for uh for Jedzier and I think it really Odo's it, busy. Sure. Odo's busy mixing, Quark's busy whatever. Um none of the, the, the only these two seem to really take agency here. Okay, and the other one I thought it also reminded me of Dave was the War Doctor in Doctor Who where you have this like thing uh, yeah. you, know, you know very similar as well. well this is before uh, that too. Hold on a second. Like the Bashir recommends therapy as a method of kind of dealing with this and it's just kind of brushed off like no we're not gonna you know uh delve into the psychological facts of this you know it's just gonna be pure like it must be a medical like you know give me a tablet and we'll figure this out my enzymes are low when like i i thought that would be a valid you know pursuit like if this was indeed an arc, there would be an arc where she's going to therapy and mm. you know it's like right it came know, out of nowhere yeah no, for sure. Like this whole episode, that's probably a problem with Dax. There's no arc with Kira. There's all this arc of who she knew before, the resistance and Dukat, and there's all this meaty stuff with Kira. With Dax, it's like nothing. They're, they're just like they they they're like ah, I don't know. Figure an episode out for her, and then we'll move on to the next one because we have something good. The next one, you know, uh, that, that's that's how I feel a lot about a lot of these Dax episodes, but. There are still good things, like I said. I, I really love Cisco and Bashir in this episode, but yet yeah, I do not really like the whole trill stuff. But anyway, let's talk about the chess match, guys, where <laughs> where she's humming the thing, and Cisco politely tells her to shut the hell up. So she do me a favor and stop. You do me, yeah, you mean do me a favor. He says try. Uh, she keeps doing it. And while closing her eyes, and then all of a sudden, like he just literally just moves one horse, the one move. He goes Ch check, not even checkmate, check. <laughs> and then that was it for Dax. I mean, that you know, you was this what, me? was this Duran coming out in Jedzia? Like, was this like, oh, you try to beat me, you know, while I'm humming my song? Like, maybe Duran played chess once and closed his eyes while he was humming and. Well, I, I think it's you meant know, to what represent I mean? the Duran personality. Yes, I think it's mm -hmm. supposed to be. We're getting glimpses into who Duran was, which was he's not a very nice guy. Um, right. Maybe, maybe that's not it, though. Maybe this is Jedzia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Came out. She dropped out for a reason. Yeah. 
She's the only candidate to ever rejoin. You're trying to me. cheat me out of this symbiote? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go back there. They're going to try and take the symbiote from me. I know all about their secrets. Okay. Um, okay, what else we got? Here? Well, it's I, tense. Like that whole scene with like where she's like, uh, there's that scene and then the scene with Kira and the replimat right after where she's like, hey, right. what happened? And she's like, I knew you would take his side. And... Uh, the the real the the jerk Jedzia, I was I was enjoying it a bit. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, attitude. Yeah, it was you know, the attitude. Like, take a swing, take a swing. I like <laughs> take it was, a cure. Yeah, okay. and then you, all you need is like Kramer and goes, Yeah, I think uh, that yeah, uh, O'Brien throw down fisticuffs. They both got attitude. <laughs> <laughs> What, 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 uh, you know, so she goes from this fierce, angry, paranoid Jedzier into like this timid child, sad yeah, puppy yeah. that acts. Um, right. that, that's probably where it falls flat. Yeah. It, well, you mean when they're in pajamas and you're like, what is going on here? And why is this a scene? Okay. And we need this? to talk about these pajamas. I knew you not, would. I knew it. Not <laughs> hers. Not hers, but uh, his. Um, hers it's an English boy. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is what, like, this, again, they take out the defiant here, Jeff, because they figure out they got to go back to Trill. They got to go to the Trill homeworld. So this is our, our chance to see her world. But right. forget about um, the Dominion, you know? But, yeah, forget about the Dominion. Forget about any of that. But it's at least going to take one night to get back to Trill, I guess. Can, can and, we back up for just two seconds, though? Like, Bashir says that Dax needs to go to Trill, right? And then Cisco's like, well, I guess I'm coming with. <laughs> you know <laughs> you he goes well i guess i get to see trill after all it's like did what did she want to go by herself like what <laughs> well he's like i'm coming take runabout? they still have the runabouts but cisco's like i think cisco just wants a chance to take his ship somewhere <laughs> I, I agree he gets a I captain think... hat and he just wears it he's <laughs> like i am the captain he's like later on the... Later on, when he he says when he calls uh, Joran's brother or whatever, he says, "I'm the captain of the D Space Nine or the commander of the D Space Nine station." He doesn't say commander of the Defiant, even though that's what he's that at that moment he's he's doing. Um, you know, so they're still kind of like is that is the because the Defiant's role in this episode is kind of interesting to me, Jeff, because it's like there this is what they would have used to do with a runabout. They probably it could have just been the three of them in a runabout, but instead they took a whole ship. And crew. they had a whole crew, like all these extras were just. They've know, he's a captain now. He's out. He's out of the uh, you know commander you know penalty that he was in for three seasons, two seasons. Sorry, uh, you know he, he wait, he's not a captain yet. When is he a captain? The end of the season. The end, more. right? So, but yeah, okay. I think he's ready to get going as far as like yeah, having a ship. I think he was very. Um, you know, it, it, w there wasn't a lot of opportunity for him to be a commander other than on a station, which how much stuff comes to you, you know, never like they never had it. Like what, what's amazing to me about the first two seasons of D space nine is how little action there is. Uh, yeah. as we're on the station, uh, there's no battles really, or anything like that. Most of it's like, uh, uh, with Bajorans or fighting Bajoran guys, like, 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 uh, like, <laughs> and it, most of it doesn't pay the off. Cardassian. Like, I know you want to yeah. trash Babylon five, Jeff. But Babylon Five had action, <laughs> space. Take a shot, action. everyone. Take a shot. <laughs> Babylon the Five. The year was twenty-three fifty-eight. 
the place. Battle of Five, and they would always have like all the fighter, the fighter, like the the um the Star Furies and whatever, and all the battles. And D Space Nine will have that like in a in a couple seasons, or even a year from this season. I think I think Battlestar Galactica is Babylon Five and D Space Nine merged together. You know, under Ronald, D, you know Ronald D Moore's um guidance i think that's kind of what it is but anyway uh, i agree there's more action in babylon 5 but uh once the action gets going as you said it's really good and star trek's always like this it's always boring at first voyagers too <laughs> the first two seasons are pretty boring you know they're like just we can't they're, afford they're, special effects just get, give them a yeah. monologue that, that's kind of like what yeah star trek does there's a lot of neelix and kess and and just like learning about these people and it's same thing here it's like we gotta learn about the trills we gotta learn about just Odo. imagine this episode with neelix doing the undercover work to figure out what happened with jadzia i just recently watched a random voyager episode and um the major plot was uh, Kess and neelix talking to each other and then Neelix go i have to investigate the situation to which he starts proceeding to go to engineering to talk to security officers as to how to send uh, a, a secret subspace um, message uh, to the Kazon. I'm like, flip, no thank you. <laughs> I do not want to see this at all. The Neelix episode? I remember that episode. Um, what power ranking? Bartenders in Star Trek. Okay, we have Guinan, Quark, Top and Neelix. <laughs> Cork guy uh, and Neelix. Cork guy and Neelix. I, uh, that's pretty. I mean, I don't think anyone would change it. Yeah, yeah. No, remember the um, was it the the episode in TNG where you have? Well, he's just a wait staff. I would still count the wait staff over over Neelix. The wait staff, um, oh, yeah. black dude that played poker. He's above Neelix as well. Oh, in Lower Decks, that guy's great. Yeah, Lower Decks episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you're absolutely right. And I could probably replicators above Neelix, <laughs> broken replicators <laughs> above Neelix. Even when the replicators are fucking up, they're less annoying than Neelix. Cardassian replicators above Neelix. <laughs> Cisco and his jambalaya, right? Um, Cisco's dad. You know, there's a whole list of people above Neelix. I'd like to see Neelix, yeah, try to do a cook off with Cisco. It wouldn't even like. It wouldn't be close. No. Yeah. Neelix, not everyone even agreed that Tuvix was a better cook than Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> even Janeway. Yeah, everyone was like, his food's better. That's how crappy Neelix's food was. Are we talking Tuvix? We're talking Tuvix. Here on Jesus episode. So, I, I love that that they they bring them back and everybody's kind of disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I liked two fix. I think they should have kept with it, but you know, so, it was a one-off show. So, final standings: it is Cork, uh, Gaiden, um, Lower Decks. Two, yes, two fix. Two fix. Ben, um, ben, Ben oh, Cisco, ben. Replicator, Broken Replicator, Cardassian Replicator, Neelix. <laughs> Yeah, okay. that guy who serves the drinks with the triples on K seven, probably. Uh, they, uh, the list goes. Oh, yeah. up. I can make we can make a bigger list, but yeah, can, but there are a lot of Neelix food. Always at the bottom. He looks <laughs> always the bottom. Neelix, nobody agrees. I like Ethan Phillips a lot, but geez, is that... there are no huge Neelix fans as much as they try yeah. to sell us on that character. Yeah. Um, 
They really did. But that's a different story for a different time. That's Voyager at seven ish or something. <laughs> we're ta- we're talking about Tuesdays nine and nine ish. We're going on here with uh, Equilibrium. After the pajama scene, they get to Trill, and we meet the lady that's in charge of the whole symbiote process initiation thing. She, you know, right? She's very. Mm-hmm. What's her name? I don't know. Uh, doctor. I just call her Doctor. Bad uh, Doctor. Dude. Bad Doctor. Okay, so Trill Doctor, doctor Red Hall. Right. She's like all very friendly at first. She's like, "Oh, we just want to like kind of see, give you a few shots. Bashir can hook you up. You'll be on your way." I'm like, "Wow, that's a fast episode," you know. Uh, <laughs> but that didn't happen. Uh, you know, so she goes back to the Defiant, and then they find the music. And they're like, hey, check out, this is the music. It's by this guy, Duran. And she's like, oh, that's it. And then immediately goes into like a anaphylactic shock and, you know, starts hallucinating. And see, you know, we haven't mentioned it, but before in the station too, she saw like a robed guy with masks that was like, you know, pulling the mask off, like kind of like face off and kind of like, but also kind of like Ooh. the Grim, Grim Reaper. Kinda, it was very creepy. Uh what is is that the memory of Duran killing Tarius? Is that what's going on there? No, um, Tarius no. uh, 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 was a part of um, Anonymous. He didn't know. That's why. Oh, no, Tarius. No, who are we talking about? No, Tarius. Tarius. Duran. Tarius was the previous host, right? Yes. So he got killed, right? He was the one. He was like the test pilot. He was in a shuttlecraft accident. Who who yeah. was married oh. to the con, the previous host of the con symbiote, who will, and that's the one that's like the same sex kiss and all like the Jedzer has later on, right? Um, oh. uh, that's that's from that host. So that host got was like a shuttle pilot uh, on a new test ship, got into a crash, was supposedly in a coma, but actually with the with the symbiote what it actually wasn't was actually joined to uh, this other guy this serial killer Duran which is kind of interesting like what if one of your previous hosts was a serial killer wouldn't that suck i guess <laughs> yeah i guess it would <laughs> for sure uh for but going on like yeah i you don't think it's a memory they say it's a memory dave the guy with the mask and the robe you saying that's not a memory? I don't think so. Like not a memory. It didn't feel like a memory. Um, it, it felt more like it was. It was. Or it maybe it was. But they, this, the, all we know is that Duran killed the uh, the guy at the symbiosis commission with a nice pick in the neck. Oh, he didn't kill Tara. I thought that was Tarias that he killed. Okay. No, no, that was no. like somebody was trying to who was trying to bounce him from the program to get a symbiote. Uh, he killed that guy, and and ended up getting joined. Uh, which is what blew the lid off of all of Troll society, apparently. Yeah, so that's the big thing, is that really half the population could be joined, but they're like, no, we got to make this a Harvard elite, elitist prep school that figures out one in a thousand people that could maybe be, you know, like that's basically what they did. And the reason why they did that was because they can't have every Joe Blow coming through the door wanting a, a symbiote. Well- because the, the you know if everybody knew that then then it could be like a revolution where everybody wanted to be joined. Definitely. I know we're sk- I know we're skipping ahead here, but this whole this deal that Cisco makes or that the Cisco and Bashir make at the end with this Doctor Renhall to keep this a secret, save Jed Zira, let her 
reconcile her issues and we'll we'll but like i don't know if i agree with dr ren hall like yes if like more of the population knew they could be joined i i, I yeah like there'd be more who'd want to but it's oh, this society i think would still value like certain individuals being uh joined like certain unique well, individuals yeah the the um the the reason is is that there's not enough symbiotes for all the people that would want to be joined. So they're worried it would the the planet would descend into chaos. Is that and, is that a founded fear? I guess is my question, or is that just or, they so. would they would also question the methods and how people are chosen. Right. And if enough people were not accepting the status quo as to or the organization that was actually making those decisions then there could be massive upheaval and could result in the loss of uh, symbiote's life. Because just, just imagine if you're told and you accept that you cannot get a station because of a certain set of metrics, and then you realize the people who are policing those metrics are corrupt or have this gigantic secret, then they're like, well, how can I trust that this is an adequate method of tracking? You've kind of been controlling and, and being secretive and you have your own agenda we want to overhaul or I want my, you know, fair shake. Right. Which right. might not make sense in how they determine going forward. So. Right. But they also want to screen these people heavily because they don't want to have murderers get, a, a, you know, <laughs> get right. a symbiote, you know, well, it's not working out great for them because it happened anyway. No, <laughs> I, I think the truth always comes out eventually. You know, right. and 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 they're gonna have to deal with this one way or another. And we did get to see a fast forward to Trill Society in Star Trek Discovery, uh, in the is, third season. Is Trill a member of the Federation? At least, well, at least by the Discovery time, they are. And they, no, I think that they I were. Think that they, they were. They were. They they left. They left the Federation after the birth. Well, they're a, a member of the Federation at this time. I don't think Cisco ha has any business not like keeping that secret. He has any business keeping that secret. He's an it's an internal Who's affair of their planet, right? Of their society. They're a member of the Federation. Don't he literally do doesn't care though. He's literally just use he's just using it as leverage. He's like it's his whole plan, you know. Well, that's yeah, like that's his move. <laughs> yeah, he's a mafia boss. He's like, look, you don't do this, I'm making off you can't refuse. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, there's some debate whether Trill is a Federation member at this point in starfleet or federation history or star trek universe timeline um but i think that I, everything in this episode shows me that they kind of are or probably are a federation member at this point but they weren't necessary but they weren't in like the time of kirk and and all that yet they were right. still uh, an independent world because discovery kind of fills in some gaps that they didn't really know a lot about the trill and the time yeah. of michael burnham and whatever so um that that like they knew of them, but not much about them yet. And didn't know about symbiotes or any of that. That's for discovery on Thursdays, Dave. <laughs> we're, we're here talking about Deep Space Nine and all connected, Jeff. It's all connected. <laughs> Where's your board with your board? All the information. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah. In 1995, we didn't know about a stupid show called Star Trek Discovery. That didn't happen yet. So <laughs> Um, Sound like anyway. dad on, uh, on on Wednesdays. We didn't know they were going to make an episode. <laughs> this is my later. version. This is my version of that. Yeah. I, I watched this, and uh, when we when it when we stopped watching it, that was it. That was it. Nineteen ninety four. We never thought we'd talk about it again. That was it. 
that was that. <laughs> you know, we, we was one and done. We thought, we you know what? We did. We didn't think you care about the progression of the Dax character. Yeah, we <laughs> did. Yeah, we didn't think that they would make another Star Trek show in the future. They would go back to Trill. <laughs> well, you didn't. Oh, maybe we did, but anyway. Anyway, okay, then Dax and Bashir and Cisco go down to meet the guy that's an unjoined trill that takes care of the, I don't know, hot springs. That he's the guardian, contain. Jeff. He's the guardian of the hot springs. He's not I the mean, guardian hot forever, tubs. but he's the, he's, a, he's like the little um, cave keeper. We also met one of him in Discovery, not that that counts for Jeff. But um, hot tubs. Yes. I love this guy. He's weird. Yeah, he's yes. quirky, uh, a symbiote. Uh, well, and I, I don't want to call him a zookeeper, but uh, he's like a little caretaker, I guess, maybe. Or because um, yeah, he's kind of oh, he's kind of like the guy that takes care of the people that are asleep in Inception. You know, well, what do we think? He's kinda, the, like the symbiotes too. Like the fact that like the symbiotes, we see them like swimming around in these pools and they're talking to each other through the electrical signals and whatever. Right. That was kind of neat. Like and. Um, that they're they're ascension species on upon themselves, the symbiotes. Yeah. All right. I want to know why you even bother going to the doctor first on trail. Yeah, why well, didn't obviously he not the expert and not trustworthy? And she kind of already knew that. And she was, yeah, she should have just went to this guy first. Yeah, but he got scared, Jeff. He got scared. What made him so scared? We have to figure this out. Duran Bilar, we have to put the puzzles together. What does it all mean? Anyway. Right. Like this, this, this like telepathic energy that the trills have, like he's able to like touch her, her stomach, I guess, where the symbiote is. And she, he's able to like figure out what her condition is. Yeah. Like to your point, why use a doctor with their fancy medicine when you got this guy? But like that, the, they, um, they seem to be able to like channel these telepathic energies, the trill. Yeah, like that. Well, it's, it seems to be like the guy that's in the caves is kind of like the holistic kind of like healer guy that doesn't really know what's going on, but he he can feel it. And he He's a naturopath. Naturopath. He kind of understands, you know, how the body works and how the symbiotes work. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like everything up until the point where you mentioned, Dave, where T Timor gets uh, scared is like meh. But everything after that, when Cisco and Bashir go into their investigative, you know, dialogue with each other, I really enjoyed. You want to see it? You like the CSI of DS9? Yeah, I like the Cisco Bashir. The, it was it reminded me of Supernatural. You know, it was like you know two guys <laughs> trying to figure out a problem. What's going on? <laughs> we gotta figure this out. You know, which we, one's you know, we got. Is, is, is uh, Bashir is the would be the Sam I think in this. Yeah, scenario. Bashir is definitely oh, Sam. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Um, what they so they, yeah they figure out this whole thing with Joran and he died the same day as Tarius Dax and they go that can't be a coincidence. No, yeah, yeah it can't be. Um, and no. they start figuring it out and then they find Joran's uh, uh, brother. Who okay, so Joran yeah. By the way, my favorite scene of the whole episode is this scene. This guy they find his <laughs> yeah. brother. Who yes. the, again? He died eighty-five years ago. Right? <laughs> yes. yes, makes no sense, but it's great. And how old is this guy? Um, he, well, I guess he has to be at least a hundred, right? At least, because he said, you know, he seemed like he was a young man when his brother died. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's my favorite part of the episode too. I love the way he taught. He he 
he's just like, why would a Starfleet officer want to talk to me? And he gives him all this information, all this exposition. Uh, yes. all, it fills in all so much detail. It's great. Jeff, oh, Jeff. the back talk though. You missed the best part where it's like, you know him. He's like, of course I did. He was my brother. I just said it. You know, like <laughs> that that was the best. He's just back talking Cisco. And Cisco's like, all right, I'll deal with it because they need to figure this out. You Jeff, know, Jeff, I have a couple questions for you concerning the scene. Yeah, yeah. So um where uh, where was one of the last places he, he saw his brother prior oh, to he's... having the communique? Where were they together? Oh, what did he say? Uh, the Academy or? It's like a music academy. So they yeah. both played music. What was their last name? Um, oh, Bilar. 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 All right. Um, what was the brother's first name? Yola. Duran. Duran, right? Oh, Duran. Duran and Yola. The, the yeah. entire time I was watching this scene, I'm like, don't tell me their band name would be Duran Duran. That'd be so <laughs> awesome. Duran. <laughs> Sorry, continue. That was just me on a. No, oh, that would be great. And then they'd be, they'd be like hungry like a trill. This this actor, <laughs> this I'm actor sorry. is named Harvey Vernon. He uh, he was only in this one episode of this is the only Star Trek appearance he made. He um, he was also known for being in Teen Wolf, and uh, so, which one? The first one. Okay, good. Yeah, you, I, I uh, but yeah, the the uh, you know at first they're like, yeah, he's my brother, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know what I remember, and then he's like, let me go to this other exposition about how he murdered a guy. <laughs> yeah, he killed the doctor. Yeah, he did, yeah. and I believe he did yeah. it too. Yeah, he had a violent temper. What do you want from me? <laughs> right. They should have. They should have used him as like an informant. Just have him on every couple of episodes. <laughs> do you know what's happening in Bajor? Of course I know what's happening in Bajor. Everyone well, knows. It, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. And they were like, yeah, he goes, then he goes like, yeah, six months. Uh, he calls me up out of the blue. And he's like, he sounds different. He's colder. He's more confident. It's like, yeah, he's Dax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like you know, it wasn't that hard to figure out as a viewer. You know, it wasn't like a big with a ton of people. It wasn't a big mystery that, but I still liked it nonetheless. But, okay, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to understand. Eighty-five years before this, Curzon yes. was not the host of the Dax Symbiote, right? It was Tarius. So, yeah. so, but yeah, like I'm trying to like, I'm just trying to understand the, the backstory of Curzon sometimes when he would have met Kang and Koloff and them exactly. Cause it was about 80 years ago. Right. So he couldn't have been the Dax host for very long when he was messing around with those guys. So, it sounds like a loophole, Dave, <laughs> and it might be not Canon. No, I think it, it is. Could be just, canon alert. Canon alert. It's, it, 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 I don't think it's a contradiction, but I think it's it's close to one. It's like he wouldn't have met Kang and Koloth like around the same time as their appearances in the original series. It was years after. No, no I know that. I, I'm yeah. not questioning that. I'm just questioning, oh. like, because in the episode Blood Oath, they're saying that was about 80 years ago that they were messing with the albino and doing all those things. Oh, okay. Well, that. Right? But it could have been. But it could have been like 76 years ago. Yeah, yeah. they might be rounding up. You're saying. Yeah. Okay. But I'm just. But when he was the host, when Curzon was the host, and he was messing with those guys, he was a young guy, and he would have been, uh, not been the host for very long. No, no, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, I, I they never say how old Curzon was when he got the the symbiote, do they? No, they just. But they, we we always think of him as being old because Cisco calls. That's when Cisco calls yeah, him old man, old and man. Uh, 
But like, how long had Curzon had the Dax symbiote before he even met Cisco? Eighty years. Well, how long? long time. Seventy long years, time. sixty years, something like that. By that point. So there you go. Uh, okay, so all right, let's break down like the the main, you know, Cisco giving it to the Doctor thing, where he's like, "We know all about Duran," and she's like, "Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, uh, what do you mean?" And then you know, he's like, "Listen." We know all about it. We can prove it. Blah 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 blah. Eighty years ago, there was a memory block thing in her in her head, which is also like supernatural, very much like the wall that was in Sam's head with Satan. But um, you know, so they were like, "No, we need to figure this out. We need to, you know, let Satan in, let Duran in, and then Jadzia will have that chance. You need to let her have that chance, okay?" And <laughs> she's got to go swimming with Duran. She's got to, yeah, she's got to go into the devil's, you know, trap and, and come out, you know, a, a different person. What did you think of this uh, version of Duran versus the, the, the Duran we got later with um, uh, Esri, who was, where was that? Sorry. Um, yeah, this guy who played Duran later uh, in like season seven. This guy uh, was better. This yeah. guy was, yeah, he was more evil. 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 evil but this guy felt more vulnerable like who was apparently murdered somebody but wasn't uh oh well, maybe he even you kind know. of looks like uh jadzia a little bit i, yeah, I, I thought, thought it was jadzia for a second with like yeah. really horrible eyebrows <laughs> well that shirt yeah, yeah it's a little bit that shirt is very feminine very feminine yeah a man would not wear a shirt well, like maybe that. a Duran would a Duran <laughs> would a man well, named Duran. He is a, an artsy fartsy musician, so and he'll kill you if you look at him the wrong way, <laughs> right, right? Right, and don't you deny him the chance to get a symbiote because then he'll, he'll always pick you. Quiet. Uh, but we have Cisco, you know, yeah, he's like, what, it's hundreds, thousands, you know, people that could join, and just that whole scene. And I actually do think the, the lady that's playing the doctor does a great job too, because then when she finally admits, like. You know, we I she knows all about Duran, and she you know it was all bullshit. She was lying. You know, I don't. Know, I, I enjoyed the you know the veil being dropped and them just getting to brass tacks. I enjoyed that whole part of that scene. Kevin, you haven't said anything about what do you think? Yeah, I liked it. It was it was good. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have much to say after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I get it. You don't. This isn't like your episode, and it's yeah. not my episode either but this scene i see i see what we're gonna get later in bashir i see some good cisco stuff that we weren't getting in season two well cisco was barely in season two at all like and now we're getting a few episodes with a lot of cisco and cisco yeah you're right cisco's coming into his own here as someone not to be messed with like he's, he's tough he will figure out the problem. If you're trying to have some sort of secret and that you're letting the, you're going to let Jadzia die, he's going to figure out the, the reason why. The way he solves yeah. problems, Cisco is interesting. He's he's yeah. he's more ruthless. We've talked about this. We'll know what he'll do in later episodes that will make this look like nothing. Yeah, um, no. yeah and, and I think that this was, because um, I know we'll eventually be getting the episode where, you know, they go back in time um, and they got to do the Bell Riot stuff. And that's that's another example of like Cisco and Bashir working as a team. Um, yeah. They actually do work pretty well together. Uh, but in comparison to like the first season where nobody likes Bashir in the <laughs> early on, but Cisco seems particularly to dislike him. Yes. Um, 
you know, early right. on. Right. And, he, and, and uh, you know, I think he's starting to warm up or at least be able to work professionally with Bashir, uh, <laughs> even if he's not the best with the beats. <laughs> Takes three years for him to work professionally with the dude. Yeah. <laughs> it all, well, if he just ate Cisco's beats, it might go a long yeah. way. Ten to the beats. But uh, that's the thing. Okay. I do agree. We've mentioned this before, though. I don't think Cisco gets to pick his doctor. Uh, and I think Bashir, like he says in a later episode, that he won this opportunity to go. He chose Deep Space Nine, so that you know says to me that Cisco did not pick him. So I think at first he was like, "Who is this guy?" And I don't really like him. But I do think later on, and I do think it's not just because of the Bashir character. I think because Alexander Sadig is such a fantastic actor that when you pair him with Avery Brooks, it, it's like jazz. Just easy. It's like it's jazz. jazz. It's like jazz, you know. You got a guy on the on the on the baseline. You got a guy kind of hitting the high hats. You know, that's kind of what Bashir does for, I think, for Cisco in a lot of ways. Well, and they stopped writing Bashir to be so bumbly all the time. Like they 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 were from a writing standpoint, they were pulling back on it. And what a brilliant retcon to say, oh, he was genetically engineered and he was just plain yeah. dumb in those early seasons like every time you did like him that was just him trying to fit in with the common folk or whatever <laughs> you know makes sense because he was extremely awkward i don't know if it was because of the actor and the, that's how but that's how they wanted him to play that character it's strange to me the way they chose his, his like why why make him this kind of unlikable person at first well whereas everybody else doesn't like him i guess we're supposed to feel sorry for him in some ways yeah um right like being that guy that's kind of like a, like a barkley like you know you right. you sympathize with that guy who just can't quite fit in i think that's you what know what you, you just you just figured it out that's exactly what happened they were like barkley's working on tng let's make Bashir kind of like barkley and i do think that's exactly what happened was, was barkley working on tng was for he? some people What's what? Well, for but he was in a lot of episodes. He's, he was People popular. was popular. I, uh, I not with everybody. I think he's a I, he's sort of a polarizing <laughs> figure. Uh, I f I feel like we just like said like Babylon Five's good to Kevin. Like you you saying Barkley <laughs> is good and, and popular is like the worst thing. I feel like he wants to spit out his coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I <spit it> out. <laughs> Barkley is not popular. Barkley's not good. <laughs> Nobody spit take it. right there. Nobody likes. Take. Barkley yeah. is popular. I don't even understand the world anymore. <laughs> yeah, tell me what's Bark popular about him. Why? Why do people like him? No, he's he is awful. But I I think you're you know I it, a bunch like you got to remember the time like Saved by the Bell, Screech. You know, same thing. You know, like no, no way. You're you are not comparing Barkley to the Screech. I am definitely no comparing Barkley. No way. <laughs> Screech, Urkel? Screech with all of his issues. Urkel, yes, see, Urkel. There's no, okay, you stop that right there. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to defend Urkel. If look, there is things that Urkel needs to be dragged for, but the, comparing to Barkley, that's too far. <laughs> Are so, you saying what? that Urkel is cooler than Barkley? Yes, he is. Yeah. How many how many dances <laughs> yes. are named after um, Barkley? Uh, sure. We got diseases and, named after him, like the metamorphosis turned into a spider or whatever. Barkley doesn't have an alter ego either. That's what's his name? Like Stefan Urkel. Stefan <laughs> Barkley yeah. never turned into Bruce Lee. I'm just saying. That's yeah, on the holodeck, he did. He would turn into like uh, Stefan Urkel. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. That's true. He is a lot like Urkel. No, stop that. Stop it right there. Stop it. You need to. St I'm, I'm talking to you. Stop right there.
Okay. I'm ruining Urkel for you. <laughs> no, you're not. You're you're embarrassing yourself, sir. How dare you? Uh, who who did Barkley end up with? I don't know. Uh, Barkley, <laughs> nobody. Uh, nobody. Urkel nobody. at least got Laura at the end. Yeah, he did. He and did had kid. Yeah. Didn't no? Didn't Barkley have a wife or whatever and a kid? Stop it. What? Didn't Barkley? <laughs> Barkley had like a, a wasn't it a Bajoran like Dabo girl or something like that? Didn't he have? Well, like, he had a grand. he had a girlfriend who just ended up being somebody was using him to get to seven. Right, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so he had a girlfriend for a couple weeks who ended up being a fake. And Troy was like, "Why don't you love her?" Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that. And Troy and Troy took vengeance on her by shaming her or something like that. Yeah, doing something like that. Uh, Voyager. I mean, it became TNG for a few episodes, and nobody knew why. Um, <laughs> ratings. That's right. <laughs> <ratings. laughs> this is where you go. Uh, but this is Star Trek Nine and Nine ish, not um, Voyager okay. at seven. Seven at seven. Seven of nine. Seven and nine at seven. That's what it would be called. Seven and nine at seven, <laughs> or seven and nine at, right. at seven oh nine. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, what else is there to say about this episode? Gia goes and takes a bath in a bowl of milk. Basically, after that, she goes, there's no words. And then she ends up just, like, staring out the the, the window at the, on the station. And then she ends up playing the thing that Jake had and starts, you know, remembering Duran. And everyone's like, okay, I guess that's over. That's the end of the episode. Now, you know? let me ask you a question. Would it yeah. not have been a better episode if she started playing and then it cuts to like, you know, people start playing music in the background and it cuts to like a DS9 rendition of Hungry Like the Wolf with. <laughs> right. right. If she, no, she started playing like Duran Duran and she was like, this is Duran Duran's song. Yeah. Hungry Duran, Like a Wolf. Duran, not Duran Duran. It's yeah, Duran Duran. Duran Duran. 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 What? That would have been awesome. It would have been good. That's good. Out on the station. Yeah, I, I don't like this ending, Jeff. This ending is um, not well done. I like them. I do like the little music part she does. Uh, that little touch is nice. The milk bath part is completely like draw, drawn out, stupid. Doesn't need to be there. Well, like, like, I think they had an opportunity there to like we could have delved into her having to reconcile what uh, Duran had done and having that pain, yeah. that blood on her hands, and trying to wreck. But they they just they try to pay it off all with like her just being kind of um, uh, stoic and oh, I'm dealing with this. Yeah. Julian was here. Why Stupid. don't you please fuck off and leave me alone for the night. I'll be <laughs> like, I'll deal with it in my own time. Um, it would have been interesting if they had brought this up more often with Jadzia. Yeah. Like, I mean, you bring it yeah. up obviously with, with Esri in season seven, but if they had every now and then this had cropped up, at least there's something she, yeah, interesting. She, yeah, because like she has the thoughts and feelings of a mass, well, not a mass, but a, a murderer in her head. So she has some sort of murderous tendencies baked into her personality now. But they no? never mention it again until season no. seven. Yeah, they always they always try to um, the the times they do bring back Duran after this, like when she's going through her jatana or whatever, like all the all the I think I'm saying that right. 
with all the different hosts coming out oh. and getting joined to, to the friends. So I think it's it's uh, Avery Brooks who gets to take on to that personality, right? Yeah. And so they they bring him back in that example, but they they show him to be so malevolent and so evil in that episode, and not somebody <laughs> she's. It's it's actually a contradiction to this episode where she's supposed to be yeah. sort of at peace with her past um and everything and and that comes along and it is throws it into whack i don't know if it's a, meant to say that she's at peace with it i think it's more that she has it under control that's kind of how i took it anyway you know it was more like you know she's playing the music she's like she has the memories but like just like all the other personalities that she has the other seven hosts she has to come you know control them right yeah and i think that that was what i took from her playing the music was like Oh, she's she has control of the situation. Yeah, like I, I agree. Like it's it, it, this was a host with only six months of memories. You know, granted, it was potentially a very traumatic six months or a very murderous six months, but she's like the, the Dax has had to reconcile all these personalities, all this past, right, for the, all the different hosts, including when John Glover showed up and took over the host the symbiote for a while, right? right? And we saw it. Well, technically, it's nine. Technically, technically yeah. 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 We, kind of, we want to count the John Glover character. Um, I do. Oh, oh. And then Ezri, it's ten. So Ezri was the tenth. Mm -hmm. Tenth Doctor. Tenth Doctor. Tenth so doctor. it's like the David Tennant. Yeah. And this is the War Doctor. <laughs> this is the War. Well, yeah, but it's an interesting metaphor because the War Doctor, like in that case, that was something the audience found out about when that was revealed in Doctor Who. But um, but the Doctor didn't forget his past or their past um with uh with the war doctor just had not had just chosen to sort of suppress it or not talk about it anymore what? well that's kind of what happened she didn't choose to but that's the same thing that happened here they were suppressed memories right but how did joran die i don't understand that they don't i don't know if they said that they just said that he died on the same die that the the, the host before curzon died curzon killed him right no, so I, I, I think that was the part of the of the cover up. So, so Tarias was in the mm. was in this crash. I think he was the Daxinby was was joined to um, Duran shortly after. Six for six months, Duran was Dax. Duran Dax. Something happened, and then the da the symbiote ends up in in Curzon. Um, right. And what happened? What happened? Why did they solve the murder and decided to just take the symbiote out? Maybe, yeah, but what and, and that you know, that's what they should have done in this episode is shown when they made the decision to take the symbiote out of Duran, killing him and putting it into Curzon. If they had shown us that scene in this episode, that would have been badass because yeah. they do allude to that at the beginning of all of this. They say that sometimes the sometimes the symbiote is taken out and the host is sacrificed. Yeah, they, they set it up in this episode. I think maybe they wanted to do that, Kevin. And maybe the producers were like, I don't know if we can I don't know if we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's basically like euthanasia. It's kind of like killing somebody on an operating table. It's kind of like a messed up way to well, kill yeah, somebody. Like yeah, you had, uh, on, a, on, a, on cable TV. A mother you know? die to save a child or vice versa um, in those kinds of situations. Well, it's, more like, a, it's more a metaphor for the death penalty. More or less, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the you know getting the Metaphor. lethal injection. Right. No. There's a ton of parallels, yeah, to this issue. So that like just the rights over your body and 
and the, mm-hmm. how you prioritize life and whatever. You can look at like uh, you know, the symbiote as organs, right? When you, you know, uh, when they, I, I do believe like if prisoners, if they kill you or whatever, they take your organs. Like did, uh, did Duran know, so. kill this guy before being joined? Yes. I don't think so. I think it seems to be afterwards, but um, she remembered it. Yeah, she, she okay. couldn't remember it if if uh, if it didn't happen during after uh, before the joining. She couldn't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't she think can't. you. So I don't think that the ho- that the symbiote has the has any memories of that host before the joining. Before that's a right. That makes sense. That would make sense because like yeah, why would you remember what Curzon's childhood was like? Type thing. You know what I mean. No, you. I don't think you could, unless unless you like the host was was thinking about those memories while they were joined. Then I think maybe there could be some transference of memory potentially, because you because they say I remember what they thought, right? Like after, like right. from one host to the next, I can remember the thoughts of that host, but maybe not the the non joined memories. I don't know. Oh. I mean, just the fact that we're kind of like, what and who and, you know, is kind of like a dis- it's kind of like they didn't do a great job explaining it. Uh, it was but it is complex t- in their defense. It is a complex thing. Uh, they needed to do a bit more time to really flesh it out. But they kind of had too many characters to kind of we need to do a Bashir episode. We need we to have do it, we, Odo has so much to do, right? Like we have so much with the changelings and the founders and everything else. Like, and so we also have this Dax character who's the, the trill. And that's interesting and everything, too. But it's it feels like in comparison to all the, the other issues, it's, it, you know, um, and she's not the only trill in Starfleet. She's just one of many trills. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't drive the plot. Like Oda will end up driving the plot with the changelings. The you know we have a lot with with O'Brien that has a lot more to do with like Starfleet or O'Brien must suffer. Uh, Kira's, you know, so Kira's got all the Bajoran issues tied in with the Maquis yeah. storylines very they easily. Could kind of, they, could, they could ease up on that. You know they didn't have to to do all of them. Like I think they do. They do try to do their fair share with Dax and stuff. And the, but I think that the Trill stuff especially gets backburnered after um, once Worf comes along too, right? Like, I also I also think is Trill so far away too from Deep Space Nine. Like it's it just seems like when they go there, it's like oh that's a trip. It's like going to Alaska. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> it was know, at least like, it was at least one they night got... they had to pack their pajamas and everything. <laughs> Yeah, like exa- exactly. They show you in this that it literally takes a couple days to get there. Uh, that Bashir has got to put on his. And blue... I think it's closer than Earth. Is it really? Would have to I think so. Thing. I think Earth is. Fr- it, I, I always have this feeling like Earth is further away from D Space Nine than Trill is. And Kronos too. Kronos is, is even closer? further away than Earth is. Oh. oh, okay. So I thought Trill was close to Kronos. Um. Well, we can look at a map later. There's some theories on where. There's lots of different maps. Yes. Yeah, so look at. It. <laughs> yeah, they're all. There's a map behind. Well, like, yeah, like Trill shape. is sort of from like the southern, south. They're from like the southeast Alpha Quadrant, and like the Klingons are from like sort of the southwest Beta Quadrant. So yeah, the- Dave. There's a book at Indigo that you can go find that is got. Um, I think it's like 20 different star charts. Of all of Star Trek, Are they canon? and they're big. They're they're big posters. Yeah, it's canon. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I, like yeah. There's there's some there's some common accepted things that like, but like it's all vague. Like it's not as well defined. 
Actually, I don't think Star Wars is well defined. Star Wars has this great, amazing Star Wars is well defined. Come on, Star- no, no, it's not. I don't even know where. What I have no idea where they are most of the time in Star Wars. I have no idea <laughs> what planet they're, they're on, who around. lives there, what's going on. That's more cool because I don't care, though. They're on a desert planet. They're on a snow planet. They're on a rain they're on a planet. Swamp. They're on a they're on a swamp planet. It's yeah. It's the nothing makes sense in Star Wars. There's no <laughs> every planet's just like, one weather all the time. They're like that's Tatooine, and that's blah blah blah. It's okay, you know or who lives on Tatooine. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. This we're not here to talk about Star Wars. We're here to talk about Deep Space Nine and Nine ish. And I think it is time that we get into a little bit of fun facts with Jeff. Play the theme song. Oh, you want the theme song? What? <laughs> it's it's part of this segment. I think you just made Jeff's day. I want to know what the hell is going on. Uh, I don't know where it is. I have to find it. You could just perform it live. What the yeah. hell do you want from me? <laughs> For you to perform it live. <laughs> uh, that would take work. To... Damn it! We just can't leave her here. <laughs> oh! You go me! <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is what I, I live for. You got some facts for us, Jeff? Yeah, I do. I just I'm bringing up the theme song. Chief, I thought you were going to fix the replicators. <clears throat> Very passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. You don't want, I don't want to, like Cisco, I don't think he would be the fun want... captain to work for. Oh, I got it. <coughs> Rom's an idiot. He couldn't fix a straw if it was bent. <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines because it's not true. <laughs> it's not even true. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fun facts with Jeff. Some fun facts. It's a double F with Jeff. I've been studying IMDb metaphysic puzzles, and all I've got is Star Trek in my head. I don't know. Double I don't know about Jeff. this theme song. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you hater. You hater. Jamil likes it. I like it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, please make sure it's ready for next episode, please. I know they. I need to, like at least some music. Like, uh, look, there's music Dur- in the background. Where's Dur- get some Duran Bilar? Get some some Duran Bilar uh, composition behind mm. that or something. There's a nice um, bass line yeah. going on in the back. Jamil heard it. Dave doesn't know. Uh, okay, we're going into fun facts here. We gotta bring it up, but that was, that was important that we played the theme song. Jimmy wants it ready for next time. I think it's been like three minutes before you haven't even said one fact yet. I've had this scroll up for like Dave. This takes place <laughs> in 2371, so the, there's your first fun fact with Jeff. Okay, I already knew that. Second fun fact Duran also appears in Field of Fire, which is in season seven, uh, played by Jeff McBride. No, wait, sorry, Leah McCloskey. This was Jeff McBride in this episode. McCloskey was better. 
McCloskey was better over McBride. They're both mix. Jay Chataway composed the music for this episode, which was his favorite installment of the first three seasons of Do Space Nine. It's not that good. <laughs> Are we supposed to take your advice, Dave? After what just, we just these heard? are just my comments. I was just like, this is not I'm the best saying. music. Yeah, but couldn't hear the bass line. I'm just saying. Alexander Sadig El Fadil enjoyed Equilibrium due to the Bashir Dax relationship and the medical content in it. He just liked the pajamas. He liked the pajamas. You got you got to take those pajamas home. That's why. Uh, in this episode, for which Ronald D. Moore was credited as supervising producer, Dax keeps hearing a certain tune in her head and tries to figure out what it means. In several episodes of the reimagined oh. Battlestar Galactica, in which Ronald D. Moore was executive producer, a few characters keep hearing all along the watchtower in their heads and try to figure out what it means. Oh, I so thought about I... that. That's true. Okay. Oh, you, yeah. that didn't immediately. Okay, that came to mind immediately. Yeah, no, it does now that you say it. Yeah, it's oh yeah, it's it's obvious. The exteriors on Trill were filmed at Huntington Gardens. Yeah, the Trill planet looked pretty Earth-like. Uh, it looked like um, you know, the uh, you know, on Starcraft, the uh, Protoss. It looked like a Protoss, like. Well, you mean just like with the building shapes? Yeah, the buildings were very Protoss from StarCraft. And then, yes, it was like Protoss met Bajor. It looked like like very like corporate to me. It looked like it was a bunch of just office buildings or skyscrapers in a nice, pretty place. Wouldn't the medical facility be in an office building? Like, Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it looked like a big matte painting. It, Sure. It doesn't. It looks more modern than Bajor. Bajor looks a lot more ancient. <laughs> yes, uh, lest we forget, this is the same society that like believes in um, storytellers and the. <laughs> they like O'Brien to shoo away the space thing that's coming after them. Yes. Are you? Um, this was also the first episode to establish that the Trill have surnames, which are replaced by the symbiote's name upon joining. Jadzia's original surname was never given during the series, nor was Curzon's or any of the hosts that preceded Joran. Though Ezri's was revealed. Yeah, interestingly enough. Well, she know, also revealed she about? has a, a, a living mother and sister who are not present for this episode. Dave, what's her last name? Dax, or you mean Jadzia? Ezri. Ezri. Tegan. Yes, that's correct. That's sad you know that. <laughs> 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 Uh, this episode features a number of changes to the style of the USS Defiance bridge, including a new captain's chair, no fencing, and new consoles. Movement of the dedication plaque from the back to beside the starboard door, more consoles in the rear, and additional consoles on the walls of the side stations. I did notice Dave, that dedication Dave. plaque. I noticed that. There you go. And it was... Did you notice the like the consoles and the not walls as much because the... like the only like the defiant was not shown in the house of quark and the the amount of defiant time we got in the search the first two parters of this third season was with with it was it was limited very limited and it was quick in a lot of cases um we didn't like we did get to see the bridge and everything but uh this is only the second time it's really on the show um I think they they wrote the House of Quark just so they could like finish yeah like upgrading the Defiant They're like we need another week, you know. So all right, do House of Quark, which was good. We'll put a dedication uh, plaque up and, and we'll yeah. you know everything like that. Different stations. 
this is the first episode to re reveal that Cisco is from New Orleans and that his father runs a restaurant there to feature the Trill homeworld and to show that Jadia's spots do go down to her feet as they can be seen briefly in shots of, of her uh, <coughs> on the hospital bed. Yeah, it's my that's my that only reminds me of my most hated line in the finale of this show, Jeff. When spoilers, Jedzir Dax or sorry, Ezri Dax ends up with Julian Bashir at the end, and he's like, "And I got to find how far down these spots really go." Ha ha ha! Right when he's in bed with Ezri, and I'm like, "You're a doctor. You were just studying trill physiology. You know how far down the spots go, Julian Bashir. You're you suck." Like. Uh, and, yeah. and, a joke. It's not good. Christmas only comes. Uh, I thought <laughs> Christmas only comes once a year. <sighs> no. Um. But I can't win if I can't play. Uh, in the scene where the Trill symbiotes are shown in the pool, David Livingston commented, we built a little pool area on stage 18. It was fun trying to figure out how to not make these things mechanical because it always looks cheesy. The idea is to shoot it like you do Jaws or Alien. You want to shoot it in a lot of shadows and make it go by real fast. I think it was pretty successful. Yeah, I, I sure. Yes, it was good. It, it worked fine. It is a bit difficult to determine just how many hosts that Dax has had. At the beginning of the series, she has had seven hosts. In season two, episode four, Varad stole the Dax symbiote for a short period of time, and yet afterward, Dax still has had seven hosts. With the re revelation of another host, Duran, Dax should have nine hosts in total, including Varad, and yet she still had only seven hosts. Who's counting, though? Jeff was doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doctor Renhall continuously mispronounces Jedzia's name as well as Doctor Bashir. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, isn't that what like, script no, supervisors are for? Aren't script supervisors supposed to like say, "Hey, that's not how you pronounce things"? How did she say Bashir? I like she pronounced like some like syllables like yeah. more. It, like Bashir or something like that. Maybe that's her like, trill maybe. accent. We don't know. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, maybe just, that was an acting choice. She said their names mostly right. Just put the emphasis in the wrong yeah. spot. I think she'd be like Jadzia. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, okay, and finally, at the dinner party, Jake announces that they're having sautéed beets with dinner. The beets Commander Cisco shows Bashir, however, are being braised. They could have had. It another set. Um, Cisco seemed to Cisco seemed to really like beets a lot. Yeah, but they're not being sautéed, so Jake, you know, kind of they could have had it on a different side, like it already could have been on the table. Maybe they sauté it first or braise it first, then sauté it. I don't, I don't think know you what the Babo girls to worry about fucking beets. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. that's true. He's busy. Okay, uh, Dave, uh, let's get into the ratings. All right, let's get into them. Uh, all right, let's bring this up full screen. Okay, so uh, Jeff, you want to go first? Equilibrium. Uh, 6.9. I'm going to give this... Um, I'll give this a 7.3. Yeah. 7.0. 
Uh, did Ashley give you a rating? No. Or no. Oh, she. Oh, I thought she said she was going to. She's on and her way back. Kevin and I'm. I'm a five. <laughs> five. Wow. Okay. It's fine, but it's There's not much great. To say. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, fair it's enough. A, no. Okay. And this episode comes at an average between the four of us at six point six. Uh, this has an IMDb rating of six point eight. This uh, this is the lowest episode of season three so far, um, and uh, yeah, because everything we've been giving kind of eights to so far. This was this is a little bit a little bit underwhelming. I think uh, the rating's accurate. So. Let's go look at it. Uh, who, so this was uh, Cliff Bull directed this episode. This was Christopher Teague and Rene Echeverria did this episode, and it's a Dax episode that he mentioned. But we got. We got the second skin coming next, where Kira gets turned into a Cardassian. Oh, such a good episode! Yes, that's that's next. Because you talk, all right. They the next episode, they do what they should have done in this episode. You know, better. They make you believe that Carda- that Kira might actually be a Cardassian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, they do I, a fantastic pretty job. Convincing. Uh, in a lot of I get to the end of the like almost to the end of that episode. I go, Kira's a Cardassian. I don't care what they say to me. I, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I guess she was a Cardassian the whole time. They go yeah, to the so series funny. with her being a Cardassian. It was all bullshit. She was always a part of the Obsidian Order, and then Garrick reveals it to her right at the end. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> if they did the show now, they would have done it. Uh, uh, Ronald D. Moore, this is his like, uh, they're, they're Cylons. It's yeah, they were Cylons the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, he was a Cardassian. Yeah, Odo's a Cylon. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, he was trying. O'Brien to get... would have to be a Cylon. Uh, have to be a Cardassian. That would be up to punishment for O'Brien. That he would just oh, hate yeah. himself so much. Uh, don't be trusting the damn Cardies. I, my wife is the most wonderful. <laughs> I woman. love my parents. Keiko's <laughs> <laughs> the most wonderful woman. Keiko's. Oh, that's Keiko's. That's gonna be my O'Brien. She could join you on the planet, Molly. <laughs> that's damn cool. Oh, Dave. <laughs> By the way, I want to do. All right, the next time we do a Deep Space Nine episode on radio theater, can we please do statistical probabilities? What's that? That's the episode where Bashir has like the four, um, like um, genetically. Um, mm. Uh, improved oh, people like oh, you know Jack. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get to them. Mm-hmm. That guy. Can we please do that? Yeah, yeah sure. Because, Let's do it. We're, we're doing because, because that episode just has so many fun characters. You have like the the really like flirty lady. You have like the um the kind of like just I don't know everything. The Bashir. You have Bashir. Great Bashir. O'Brien walks in and has to like fix like this stupid sound. <laughs> There's a bunch of things in the episode that are really. Good. Yeah, sure. Let's do that one. But uh, speaking of, um, let's plug our shows. Well, I mean, I think I already uh, set you up for Star Trek Radio. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for mentioning on Live Long and Podcast. We have all kinds of podcasts. Uh, We also have Wednesday. We have original series rewatches with uh, our dad and Jeff and Jody and Adam Woodward. Tomorrow we're doing Assignment Earth which is Gary seven and some cat. And I am not looking forward to this at all. So if you want to see me be miserable, the most miserable I could be with an original series episode, watch tomorrow night. Dave, we didn't know any better. Back we didn't then. know. We thought it would be fun to do a crossover with a man for, with a cat. Who I always look forward to this episode. 
Oh I God, the worst I movie. love it. I think it's weird, and I love it. Just like the Guardian. You you, you think it's better than the Equilibrium that we just watched? Well, let's make it great. But it's low bar. Low bar. Low bar. Uh, yes, and low then fruit. and then we also have back catalog of other po- companion podcasts like Star Trek movies, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek Picard. When when other shows come out, we'll be we'll be doing all those. Uh, we do our Star Trek Radio Theater as mentioned, and uh, and this week we will be doing uh, on Sunday night. Uh, it will actually be Ashley Millard's uh, birthday um, as well. We're going to be doing uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation's Disaster, um, where this is the episode actually where Molly O'Brien is born, and uh, in, and Troy's first time in the command chair. Um, as well as uh, some Frere Jaca will be will be will be sung here. So, uh, Jeff, uh, you're you're you'll be one of the Frere Jacas. Uh, I love that Ashley gets to give birth on her birthday. Yes. <laughs> Who, who's playing Molly? Well, it's up for grabs right now. So uh, whoever wants to be Molly can be. I, I we didn't cast Molly. Look, look at Keiko's face in the picture. You I, chose. I was, she was. <laughs> that, that's her best moment where she was like, "I am pushing Worf because Worf's giving birth, uh, helping give or helping her to give birth." I suppose he, she's not. He's not. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. This one's a. Uh, this one's a lot. Of, this is a bottle episode, which I think is actually one of the best things we can do on Rio Theater, which is just a lot of talking and dialogue in different scenes and characters. And uh, and then we also have Super Mater Brothers podcasting, uh, where right now we have a bunch of. Sh- uh, well, we we have Big Brother Canada Nine. Jamil and I are covering that three times a week now. Uh, we did uh, our first uh, HOH and nominations last night. As we go into week two of that season, uh, we'll be. Uh, on tomorrow night, Wednesday, after the original series recap, we'll be on at nine. We're basically on nine every night or ten sometimes. Uh, it depends on how late the show is. And then Thursdays as well, when they do the live eviction. So if someone leaves the Big Brother Canada Nine house each week, and uh, and that's what we're here to tell you about. So check that out on Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, where we other have other channels like Survivor and Westworld Podcasts and different things. And we're going to be here on Friday as Jamil, Ashley, and I are going to be talking about the whole first season our series of WandaVision as we start our MCU rewatch uh, podcasts uh, or not rewatches, first time watches and recaps as new MCU content will be covered over there um, starting with WandaVision in the first season. So check that out Friday night. And uh, Trivial Debates are our third channel where we argue about movies, TV, sports and more. Oh, who, who won okay. last time? Uh, oh, that would be you, Jamil. Um, I do- okay. yeah. <laughs> Reigning champion. Reigning champion. Reigning champ. Yeah, he's gonna have to defend that belt over on Trivial Debates uh, once a month. Uh, we also have uh, if you've watched Star Trek Insurrection recently and you need someone to listen to, we have that for you as well. I mean, that's that's a very small amount of people. Uh, you know, it might be one, but. It's there for you if you want it. Uh, but th- you know, for all of us here at DC Nine Nine ish, thank you for joining us here for season three, episode four, Equilibrium. We will see you next week when we talk about episode five, which was the Cardassian second skin, the Kira Cardassian episode. Of course, see you next week. Live long and podcast. Bye. Oh, thank you. <laughs>